Hi everyone, my name is Govar and you're listening to What? Like It's Hard. I'm a second year history and international relations student who is an aspiring journalist and the host of this wonderful show. Each week I share the women in politics or pop culture who are inspiring me, little pieces of motivation for your week, and how I am honestly feeling. This podcast is about taking inspiration from the world around us and finding new ways to harness our passions, whether that is writing, running, or cooking. For this episode, I wanted to focus on a person who has inspired me and changed the way I look at the world. That person is Elaine Welteroth. She was formerly the editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue at just 29 years old and is a multi-hyphenate in every sense of the word. She is a journalist and New York Times best-selling author and writes a column for the Washington Post called Ask Elaine. Not to mention that she is a judge for Project Runway, amongst other achievements. She is from the Bay Area in California and currently lives in Los Angeles. Elaine recently became a mother and has been doing important work bringing much-needed representation to the horrific lack of care given to Black mothers in the American healthcare system. I cannot pinpoint exactly when I first heard about Elaine, but I became fascinated with her work during the pandemic. Her passion, her drive, and her genuine enthusiasm for life are awe-inspiring. She is never afraid to step outside of the box or ask hard questions. I read her memoir, More Than Enough, claiming space for who you are, no matter what they say, which was released in 2019, and then proceeded to reread it more than once. This book is truly a gem. It reads like a wise best friend sharing their advice. It provides brilliant quotes and stories that move you as though they were your own, and it takes you on a journey. I have flicked through its pages so much that it has become a well-worn and loved part of my bookshelf. It would not be an understatement to say that Elaine and her words provided a glimmer of hope and positivity right when I needed it. I still find myself thinking about quotes or anecdotes from the book and can feel myself implementing her lessons. The pandemic was probably the hardest point of my life between grief for a loved one, fear for my family, and anxiety about what came next. I felt like I lost a lot of the spark that makes me who I am. Instead of feeling positive or excited for the future, everything felt murky and unknown. Whatever plan I had for the future felt like it was thrown out of the window. I had no idea who I was, which is probably a very normal feeling for a then 16-year-old to have but I had never felt so truly confused and bewildered by life before. Of course, I had and still have immense privilege. My experience of the pandemic was incredibly difficult. However, it could have been much harder and much worse. But it did feel like the world and all of the dreams I had came to a screeching halt. Most importantly, I felt like a tidal wave hit me when I lost my grandfather. And instead of dealing with my emotions properly, I kept on going and pushing. Eventually, I learned that you have to feel the sadness and you have to let yourself be in that space. As someone who always loves to be optimistic and to never dwell on the bad, it was difficult to manage those emotions whilst also avoiding excessive pessimism. 
I threw myself into the extracurriculars in high school more than ever. I was co-running the politics society, applying for the head girl team, history prefect, and any role I could find. The truth was that I had always wanted to go for these things, and even though my heart felt like it was fracturing into tiny pieces, I knew I would regret not going for them. I knew that my grandfather, whom I inherited my ambition and drive from, would want me to go for it. So I went for it, and eventually the grief became more manageable. The summer before high school and my first year of university would teach me that positions are great, but they mean nothing if you cannot find happiness or contentment within yourself. Perfectionism can be a positive thing, but it can also drain you and take away that spark of creativity which fuels your work. Friendships should uplift you and not leave you feeling doubtful or insecure. And most importantly, you have to do what you are passionate about, even if that means publishing articles online and getting that rush of anxiety and excitement when you see them go live. The past three years have been the most turbulent and crazy ones of my life. I have also learned so much about myself, and I feel like every challenge has brought me closer to the person I am. Some days, it can feel like I have made no progress. There is still so much that I want to do and see. But when I look back on what has happened so far, I take comfort in knowing that so many of the best things were the ones that I had no idea were coming. So, if anyone listening has also been going through a hard period, just know that I'm here for you. I see your struggle, your worry, your fear, and I promise you that things will get better. Not overnight, but over time. And if you listen to the first episode of season two, then you will get what I am about to say, which is just keep driving. Reading Elaine's writing felt serendipitous. Her words spoke to me, and I saw myself reflected in them, even though we have completely different backgrounds and life experiences. Her writing stretched my understanding of American politics and the experiences of Black and biracial women hugely. I have talked before about how fascinated I am with the intersection between what is personal and what is political. Her writing truly embodies that intersection and is made even more special and powerful because of it. Her purpose in life, understanding the stories and experiences of other people, is made all the more magical because it is directly connected to who she is as a person. I adore a good quote. Ever since I was a child, I would literally print out quotes from Tumblr or Pinterest and stick them all over everything. The wall near my bed or in my notebooks are prime examples. Elaine includes quotes from powerful women at the start of each chapter, whether that is her mom, Oprah, or the first black women in Congress. And I live for it. She also picks a quote from her own words and puts it on a final page at the end of each chapter. It rounds things out, but also provides a nice way of flicking through the book and still catching gems, even when you do not have time to fully reread it. My favorite quote from Elaine, however, is this one. If we aren't vigilant, 
We can move through our entire lives feeling smaller than we actually are, by playing it safe, by unconsciously giving away our power, by dimming our radiance, by not recognizing there is always so much more waiting for us on the other side of fear. But when we are brave, brave enough to go there, to grab what we want, to tap into who we are, damn, it feels so good. Now that's a quote from the end of chapter 10. So immediate chills. I think I read her book at a time when I grappled with imposter syndrome for the first time. Something that has only intensified the more chances I take on myself, the more times that I jump outside of my comfort zone and realize, just like Elaine said, there is so much more waiting for me on the other side of fear. Imposter syndrome can be a self-fulfilling prophecy for women. The idea that we should always be careful with our ambition and not get too selfish. You have to be goal-oriented, but limit yourself. Compete with your peers, but don't expect to do better or earn more than men. Always be likable. Never come across as cold or arrogant. And never make people feel like you are smarter than them. Women are literally programmed to be more accommodating. Think of how many times we say sorry even when there is absolutely no need to do so. We apologize for our appearance if we look tired or not absolutely perfect. We immediately apologize for our mistakes and sometimes end our opinions in an uncertain tone even though we know whatever we said was understood. But Elaine swoops in with such a quote and not even asks, but demands and pushes us to do more and to be more to stop settling for, well, that's good enough, or I'm so scared of what might happen if I go where no one else has. We need to start asking for what we deserve, going after the things which set our soul on fire and seeing rejection as redirection. The book moves from her childhood experiences through high school and college to her adult life. She talks about her career, her love life, her aspirations, and some of the most important people she has met along the way. Elaine meaningfully reflects on the importance of community, a value that she continues to prioritize in the work she has done following the release of her book. In her own words, when women affirm women, it unlocks our power. It gives us permission to shine brighter. At Teen Vogue, Elaine was part of a team that made important waves in the media industry. They shifted the discourse and started to provide more diverse representation for their readers, blending the personal and the political, fashion with culture and politics, and making a predominantly young female audience feel like they could be more than just one thing. That intelligence and a passion for fashion were not mutually exclusive. All of this might seem obvious in 2023, but this was groundbreaking work. There is still much work to be done in making women feel comfortable in embracing different roles or embracing labels like sensitive or ambitious in their personal or public life. From getting Hillary Clinton to guest edit an issue, to speaking with a powerful young actress or model like Bella Hadid, Elaine and the team were trying to create a platform where a multitude of perspectives and opinions could contribute. 
Even when Teen Vogue stopped making print issues, their impact was still felt in the online space, helping encourage young voters to participate in the 2016 election or providing comfort in a turbulent period. In her column for the Washington Post, Elaine continues to give back to others, using her own experiences to provide advice on an array of issues. Even though the world of journalism and the media industry has rapidly changed in the past decade, Elaine continues to thrive in new environments. Because she sets no limits on her potential, she is able to allow herself to pursue new opportunities, take risks, and make jumps even when it feels unfamiliar. She is a powerful example of how to not only pursue your passion, but stay true to yourself along the way and not lose the essence of who you are. I have learned three key lessons from her experiences and her writing. Firstly, you cannot let the fear of failure or the fear of the unknown stop you from following your passion. Whether that is running, cooking, or skating, there is no point in staying within your comfort zone if it is suffocating or limiting your potential. Secondly, it is always important to be yourself and to write from a place of authenticity. That sounds extremely cheesy, but it is the truth. Writing is inherently personal, whether you are telling someone else's story or discussing election results. It can tell us so much about a person and who they are. Thirdly, to embrace the unexpected and make the most of it. Elaine got married on the stoop of the outside of her house during the pandemic. She had to completely shift her original plans and dreams, but she made the most out of it and created a moment that nobody in their then Brooklyn, New York neighborhood could forget. Nothing says a roll with the punches more than marrying your fiance in a wedding dress outside your front door, surrounded by beautiful flowers, friends on Zoom, and good music. Recording this episode meant a lot to me because it gave me an opportunity to reflect not only on Elaine's story, but my story. I got the chance to think about the impact of her words and the different ways in which they resonate with me now. I hope this episode gave you a new book to read or at the very least, a new person to follow on Instagram. I would genuinely love to hear what writers, activists, or figures inspire you. Apologies for the background noise. You know how it is in London. Let me know if you have any good book recommendations, and I will see you back next week.